from NPR at WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Crack into this cold one. I'm a refreshing Biller Light. Bill Curtis. And here is your host at the Studebaker Theater at the Fine Arts Building in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. We have a fabulous show for you today. Later on, we're going to be talking to Natasha Lyonne, the wonderful actor who stars in the new show Poker Face. She plays a character who can tell whenever anybody is lying. So let's hope she wasn't listening when I just said we had a fabulous show for you today. <laughs> we're going to let you be the judge of that. Give us a call to play our games. The number is one wait wait That's 1-888-924-8924. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, Peter. This is James Sasso from Washington, D.C. James Sasso from Washington. Now, what do you do there at the home of our permanent government? Uh, well, currently not much. I just finished up a stint as an investigative counsel and then a senior investigative counsel for the January 6th committee. Whoa. No way! Bravo. No way! I like how he said, not much. Not yeah. much. Just <laughs> drop that casually into conversation. I mean, so, if you have any questions, feel free to Yes! <laughs> I do. So, uh, gosh, what am I going to ask? Um, is there anything that you know, but you couldn't prove, but you're going to tell me anyway? <laughs> uh, if I told you that... I would be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> All right. Well, James, I cannot believe I'm going to make you do our nonsense rather than just talk to you about everything. But nonetheless, <laughs> let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, it's the comedian you can see on his Babylon Audio Dynamite European tour starting February 16th in Berlin and then the 17th in Kaiserslautern, Germany. It's Brian Babylon. Yeah. Let's go, man. Hey. Next, he's currently on his worldwide stand-up tour and will be at the Itihad Arena in Abu Dhabi on March 11th. For all his dates, go to mazjobrani.com. It's Mazjobrani. Hey, buddy. And finally, the comedian and host of the podcast, Fake the Nation. She's also in the HBO Max show, Bird Girl. It's Nagin Farsad. Yes, it is. Hey. Hello. So, James, welcome to the show. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotes from this week's news. If you can somehow suss out with your investigative skills <laughs> meaning of two of them out of three, you will win our prize. Any voice from our show, you choose in your voicemail. You ready to play? Yeah, it's a good thing I have my wife, Caitlin, here because she's the smart one in the, in the family. Wow. Hey, hello, Caitlin. So, James, James, this is your first quote. Mike Pence is an innocent man. Leave him alone. That was former President Donald Trump defending his former vice president and assassination target. <laughs> After what was found this time in Pence's home. Oh, just a couple of uh, classified documents. No big deal. Exactly. No big deal. Classified documents, yes. Let me say right here that I actually believe uh, Mike Pence didn't know those documents were at his house, especially if they were in his underwear drawer, since he always has to avert his eyes whenever he opens it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, the good news about this stuff is guys like James, who are investigative, uh, uh, you, you, they have yeah. a lot to investigate right. now. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like at this point, like uh, classified documents are like party favorites at the White House. Just yeah. On the, uh, on the way out. <laughs> they're all the swag bags on the way yeah. out. Yeah. Here's, here's a mug, a T-shirt. Oh, don't forget your classified documents. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, main, the solution here is let's just do classified documents on Etch-A-Sketch. Because mm. so, so at the end of the so the, the CIA briefer comes in, shows yeah. the president the documents, and then goes shake, 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 and then it's and over, gone. and then we sense. don't have to ever talk about this again. It might well be true. Uh, that makes three former presidents and now vice presidents with classified documents in their possession. Unrelatedly, Barack Obama was seen tossing a lit cigarette into a huge pile of paper in his backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, what's the What's the carbon footprint on these classified documents? So much paper. How many trees have been lost their lives? Why don't they just make it digital? Like, you get one iPad, the documents come over there. When you're out of here, boop, boop, iPad deletes. Or you could do, if you, I don't know if you've, you've, done a, you've done a voice memo on your iPhone, yeah. it disappears after... Have you ever done that? Yeah. Like someone will send me a voice thing and they'll be like, you know, we're going to be at this, this, this. And I'm like, oh, I'll listen to it later. And then it's gone. Yeah. So you you wanted everything in the government to operate on Snapchat rules. Yeah. Yeah. You can't keep that stuff around that long. All right. Here, James, is your next quote. At a certain age, you have to choose between your face and your ass. (laughs) As you could tell from his... Brilliant impersonation. That was actress Catherine Deneuve quoted, saying something she supposedly said in the New York Times. The New York Times was talking about the bad side effects of Ozempic, a drug people are now taking to lose what? You know, I don't exactly know, so I'm going to guess wrinkles, but no, I might need a... It's, I guess it's less painful than liposuction. Oh, to get rid of like fat rolls or yeah, something like that? Yeah, they're using it to lose weight. Uh, yeah. People who are using the diabetes debt medication Ozempic off-label just to lose weight say it has an unfortunate side effect. It makes your face look really old. <laughs> right. The side effect happens, apparently, because uh, this drug uh, suppresses your appetite so completely that you start losing weight rapidly, and the fat disappears from everywhere, including your face, which is bad. <laughs> apparently, mm. you do want junk in your face trunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want, you want like baby cheeks? Yeah, you want, you want, you want rosy cheeks, yeah. right, right. And so, uh, you know, some people have gone straight from resting bitch face to rest in peace face. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, whatever happened to good old-fashioned cocaine, right? That didn't, you didn't want to eat a lot, um, you danced. What happened to good old-fashioned cigarettes? That's what they that used to do right, in yeah. the 60s, right? Just, yeah. <laughs> wait, can I just, on behalf of all women, to yes. the men on the stage here, I'm... A red-blooded American woman who technically only has Iranian blood. Don't worry about it. But I'm a a red-blooded American woman who learned from a very early age to just hate every inch of my body, right? It's the American way. Right. And so, like, that's why you're like, um, you might get cancer, but you're going to look jacked. Like, that's a great, I mean, I can see taking that, you know? I don't know. we, We live in the age of Lizzo now, man. And it's like... Who cares? It's like, this is the age of Lizzo, man. If you, if you want to look like E.T. in the face and a Barbie doll in the waist, do you. Okay, James, here is your last quote. Tastes like heaven, burns like hell. 
That was the slogan of Fireball, uh, that's a whiskey brand, and they're being sued because it turns out that the mini bottles of Fireball, there's actually a lawsuit, do not contain what? Well, I wish I had known that in college. Uh, whiskey. <laughs> right, whiskey. <laughs> Fireball uh, cinnamon whiskey is being sued, not for causing hangovers or for the 100% probability you dialed your ex. <laughs> but for misleading labels on those popular little mini bottles they sell, turns out they don't actually contain Fireball whiskey, which is a bad thing legally, but a good thing in every other way. <laughs> so James, you knew this. Were you a, a, a fan of Fireball as a, as a youth? Yeah, until like 24 when my hands were sticky at a bar and I just questioned everything I was doing <laughs> in my life. Honestly. No, but in defense of those little bottles, they fit in your pocket and they're real cute. Yeah. So but they're cute, it. but make, make sure it's not just syrup. Give me whiskey. They're like the George Santos of whiskey. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Bring it home, Maz. Yeah. They're, they're not whiskey. They're whiskey-ish. They're whiskey, exactly. <laughs> Bill, how did James do in our quiz? He did perfect. Uh, the surprise is that tomorrow we're all indicted. <laughs> <laughs> James, thank you so much for your work. Thanks for playing. So much. Take care. Okay, panelists, it is time for a new game we were forced to make up. It's called The Week in Santos. <laughs> News about Republican Congressman George Santos is coming at us faster than the winner of last year's Kentucky Derby. George Santos. So we're going to ask you about what we learned about him just this week. And we're going to do it true, false, rapid fire style. And this is fresh. This is all new. This is all new, right? Okay. This is like completely new this week. So we're going to ask you about it, true, false, rapid fire. And remember, it's not a lie if George Santos believes it. <laughs> all right, here we go. Brian, you're up first. Right, Brian, yes. true or false, writing on Wikipedia, Santos said he had appeared on an episode of Hannah Montana. False. No, it's true. He said that. <laughs> McGean, true or false, in that same post, Santos spelled Hannah Montana correctly. True. No, false. He did not spell it correctly. Maz, true or false, Santos also said he had been discovered as an actor by Independence Day director Steven Spielberg. False. No, he said that. <laughs> Ryan, true or, Ryan, true or false, Independence Day was directed by Steven Spielberg. That's also false. It's he, false, yes. He didn't even write it now, man. That's like, what? <laughs> McGean, true or false, responding to discoveries of new falsehoods in his campaign finance reports, Mr. Santos's campaign announced they had hired a new treasurer. False. No, that's true. What? Maz, true or false, the man they named as their new treasurer says he wasn't their new treasurer, had never been their treasurer, and never wanted to be their treasurer. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and that is this week's This Week in Santos. <laughs> At this rate. Wow. At this rate, we will be back with another edition before the end of the show. <laughs> Say you never leave. I swear I'll believe if you lie to me. Please, darling, lie to me. 
Coming up, we get some sage advice in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one triple eight. Wait, wait to play. We'll be back in a minute with more. Wait, wait, don't tell me from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Nagin Farsad, Brian Babylon, and Maz Jobrani. And here again is your host at the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Right now it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff, the listener game call one triple eight. Wait, wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Therese McCauley, and I'm from St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm so glad. St. Paul is a place I love. Yeah, don't hold it against us, because I know you had someone from St. Paul on last week, and so I don't want it to seem like we are hogging all the contestants. You know what? <laughs> if, it, if it were to work out that we would only had people from St. Paul on the show, I would be happy because you're the best. <laughs> Certainly better than those awful Minneapolis sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> Uh, welcome to the show. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is your topic? If I can help just one person. Who doesn't love getting advice? Uh, take everything in moderation. Seize the day. Never go anywhere alone with Matt Gates. This week, <laughs> we heard about some really unusual advice that made the news. Our panel is going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth and you'll win the voice of your choice on your voicemail. You ready to play? Let's do it. All right. First, let's hear from Nagin Farsad. According to a new memoir, an actress details being 24 when she moved to New York City in 1970. Even though it was her dream, after the first few months, she was lonely as well as unemployed. She was definitely feeling blue, a term they used in the 70s instead of depression. <laughs> her landlord noticed and offered her a piece of advice. When you don't know what to say, just narrate what you're doing and feeling. Don't be shy. The young actor took this very literally. She would waltz into a store and say, well, 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 I've walked into Macy's and now I'm intimidated and sad and I don't have any money. I'll just get enough free perfume samples to smell rich. And one day she was on the subway and it was just overwhelming. And she started to sob because you're not a New Yorker until you've cried on the subway. But, but another woman sitting next to her witnessed the whole thing, asked her some questions about why she was crying, and then suggested she audition for a little show she was casting on TV called All My Children. The actor, it turns out, was Susan Lucci and went on to not win many, many, many Emmys <laughs> over the course of 40 years, a career that featured narrating everything she was doing and lots of crying. <laughs> Susan Lucci, who was a young actor, was given the advice, just narrate what you're doing and feeling all the time and ended up being an icon of soap operas. Your next story, if some interesting input, comes from Brian Babylon. A recent spree of catalytic converter thefts in Highland Park neighborhood of Los Angeles had resident Lorca Cohen furious. I tried everything, motion sensors under the car, I had a weird witch lady put a hex on my driveway, nothing worked until I got some great advice from Viva. Um, Viva had told Lorca, quote, when all else fails, go with bear traps. At this point, I should tell you, Viva is not a grizzly old outdoorsman. Viva is Lorca's nine-year-old daughter who had just watched a Tom and Jerry cartoon featuring bear traps. 
Lorica was so desperate, she surrounded the car with bear traps because even if it didn't work, it made the vehicle the most badass Camry in history. <laughs> that night, Lorica was awoken by a loud snap, and when she went to the car, she found one of the traps had snatched a large piece of corduroy pants from a would-be thief who clearly would never try this again. Lorica is always going to listen to her daughter from now on, and the LAPD is now looking for a suspect who is missing an entire butt of his corduroys. <laughs> Woman who got the good advice of protecting her catalytic converters with bear traps. Your last story of a suggestion session comes from Maz Jobrani. Uh, Elias Vizante of Sydney, Australia, was asked by the Guardian newspaper to provide the best advice he ever had. So, he wrote an advice column with the message that you should always listen to your dad when he tells you to take the cheese off your car. You see, what happened was that in the spring of 2020, a group of teens pulled up to his car and frisbeed a slice of American cheese onto the hood of his metallic blue Mazda 2. Desiring to play it cool, he chose not to remove the slice as an act of defiance. Even when his dad told him, remove the cheese, you moron. <laughs> Vizante says, I didn't want to peel the cheese off my car. Some part of me felt like it was letting the hoodlums win. <laughs> so I left it. <laughs> By the end of February, thanks to a few scorching days in the hot Australian summer, the slice had baked into the hood and started to splinter into hardened nibs. Vizante didn't listen to his dad, but after his experience, he did have some advice of his own for Guardian readers around the world. He said, Peel cheese off your car while you still can. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we heard about a piece of advice in the week's news. Was it from Nagin Susan Lucci revealing that her whole legendary career in soap opera started when somebody advised her to just start narrating her thoughts and feelings? From Brian Babylon, someone who managed to save their catalytic converter by being advised to put bear traps around it. Or from Maz Jobrani, someone who says in an authentic Australian accent, always take the cheese off the hood of your car. That was terrible. <laughs> that was I did that only, Maz, to make yours look good. Closer that's, to the kind of, that's the kind of giving person I am. Thank you, Peter. I You're appreciate it. Write all your letters to Peter. Thank you. <laughs> so which of these was the real piece of advice we read about in the week's news? Nagin's. So you're going to go with Nagin's story of how Susan Lucci became a successful yeah. actor. Very true. That's actually, all right. Mm -hmm. Well, we actually spoke to the person who once got this advice. If I were to have to peel the cheese off and clean the car, in a way it would kind of be letting these teenagers get away with their prank. Uh -huh. I, by the way, I was spot on with the action. I think so. <laughs> All right. I mean, it was impossible. This was a very difficult one, and so I can't blame you for choosing Nagin's very charming story of Susan Lucci's origin, but I'm afraid you did, you did in fact, earn a point for her, which is a wonderful thing to do. So thank, thank you so much for doing bye. that. Thank you. Bye. 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 And now the game where really interesting people are asked about things that simply do not interest them. You've seen Natasha Lyonne in Orange is the New Black and Russian Doll in her new show, Poker Face. She plays an amateur detective who's profane, she smokes, she drinks, and she always gets her man. She's so convincing in that role that right now, I am wondering if she will figure out my terrible secret. Natasha Lyonne, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. 
Thank you. This is exciting. It's so high energy, and I'm just alone in my apartment. This is terrific. Well, if you want, we could come over. Um, I usually, whenever we have successful actors who've done a lot of things on the show, I often ask them what they're most recognized for. In your case, I wanted to ask you a slightly different question. Do you ever get recognized just for your voice? Because you have the, one of the most distinctive, wonderful voices in the business. You know, if I have straight hair, I can pretty much move through the city like, um, you know, uh, it's, not, it's not me. But then as soon as I talk, I'm Right, exactly. <laughs> I, that's the same with me, but for an entirely different reason. Um, and, and when people, people are like looking at you, my God, you're Natasha Leone. And then what, what do they tell you that they love most? Uh, interesting. Well, this is nice. Uh, uh, I guess, you know what I, I like the most? I don't know uh, what they're necessarily saying, but <laughs> what I like is uh, a sort of like a little bit of a sly handshake. Yeah. As on the street that keeps moving from a real New Yorker. Yeah. Like, uh, they give me a little hand movement, or I like, I sort of like a deli interaction. I guess that's, that's why I wrote it into a fashion doll. That's one of my favorite type of New York interactions. I mostly enjoy it in, in Manhattan on the move, I think. Right, and that's cool. I mean, one of the great things about New York as opposed to LA, in New York, they're all too cool to get excited when they see a celebrity. They just give you the high sound. Like, yeah, I know who you are. I'm not impressed. Yeah, but it makes me a real New Yorker, like yeah. part New Yorker, part leprechaun. And I like that I feeling. understand that. I, I found out some amazing things about you this week uh, that I had not known, even though I was a fan. For example, I read that you were thrown out of your pretty prestigious school because you were, I think, selling pot. Is that right? It's a rite of passage as a teenager. Yeah, I understand. It was a, a private school on the Upper East Side, and I was a scholarship kid. So I think I had a bit of a resentment. So... I would get, you know, just whatever, a dime bag, and then I would, I would go to the corner uh, head shop, when there weren't as many of them back in those days, and, uh, and I'd buy like a little $2 pipe, and I'd put like a single hit uh, weed in it, but I'd smoke the green off it. I'd take the first hit. Right. I'd put it in a plastic bag, and then I would sell them the pipe and the single once-smoked hit. For like Good business. So, so not all, this is amazing. Not only she were you selling, selling the pot. experience. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and here's what I found. And, and you I'm have to so talk. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I've never talked about it before. So let me finish it. it please, was just, no, please. Uh, see, where I went wrong is because I was always stoned. I, it didn't occur to me that when you put that much one smoked weed in your overcoat pocket, you really stink up the joint. Yeah. And, <laughs> There was a school in Manhattan on the Upper East Side, so that means that there were elevators. You know, it wasn't like an outdoor experience. So I think I would get in the elevator, you know, in my black overcoat and sunglasses, and then I would just, I would reek up the elevator with that one smoked weed and go to sell it. So it was a terrible cover. I was busted quickly is the point. I understand. And then, th this, is, this is what I thought was the kicker. They threw you out. And then, because you were, like, even then, becoming a famous actor, you were on Letterman, and they wanted you to come back? Yeah, it's true. It was a scam. Uh... So I, I, I have been watching episodes of your new show, Poker Face, which was created by Ryan Johnson of, of Knives Out fame. And it is amazing, especially to someone of my age, because I grew up with Columbo and those TV shows. And I'm watching it, and I realized this about halfway into the first episode. You get to be Columbo, which has got to be the coolest thing ever. 
And I, I'm assuming you're enjoying it, doing it as much as I'm enjoying watching it, right? Well, you know, Peter Falk is such a cutie. Yes. And, uh, and you look good in the trench coat, is what I'm saying. Oh, thank you. But, what, but what, did, first of all, did you grow up, because you, you're younger, did you grow up with those shows, like those Macmillan and Wife and the, the Mysteries of the Week, where the, you had a detective who solved a new murder every week, maybe Murder, She Wrote was a later but classic iteration of that? I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say, no, not really. I, uh... <laughs> Are you that, old? Not that old, Peter. He's not as old. I'm old. She's, she's vibrant. I, uh, I come through, I come to my love of sort of uh, Philip Marlowe style characters, I guess, really through, you know, Altman's The Long Goodbye or even uh, Chinatown or even books, you know, like John Fonte and Raymond Chandler and just noir in general. And I think my love for Peter Falk is really from all the Cassavetes films or Wings of Desire in a way. And of course, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I also, I do, I do like that, that sort of character, you yeah. know, uh, a great deal. And, but I would not say you necessarily want me on an actual murder scene. Um, I'm not sure I could definitely crank the case. I have a measure of street smarts, though. That is yeah. true. And I definitely share with Charlie uh, an obsession with a sort of, John Lennon, just give me some truth. The, the, the flip side of that, though, is could you get away with a murder? Ooh. Ah, oh, that's a great question. You know, I've, the few I've committed so far. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <with> the, <laughs> apparently, yes. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm fine. Here I am on NPR. No cops at my door. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so far, so good. And honestly, those people deserve to die. I don't want to name. <laughs> you know, if, if, I got to say, if they pissed you off, I, I, I can't blame you. And thank you. And thank you. Well, Natasha Leone, it is really a pleasure to talk to you uh, after watching you for so long. But we have asked you here today to play a game we're calling Poking Faces. So your new show, which we've been discussing, is called Poker Face. We thought we'd ask you questions about poking faces. That is Botox injections. <laughs> Answer two to three questions correctly. You will win our prize for one of our listeners, the voice of anyone they might choose on their voicemail. Bill, who is the amazing Natasha Leon playing for? Jeremy Knoll of Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> All right, you ready to do this? Yes, dear. Okay. So Botox is a trade name for botulinum toxin. That is the substance that causes the disease botulism. But before it was called that, the disease was called what? A, sausage poisoning, B, Satan's musk, or C, Stuart? <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, why not Satan's musk? Satan's musk. No, it was actually sausage poisoning. Yeah. Yeah, because botulism is a food disease and it was first studied. Oh, that makes in so much Germany. more sense. It does. It was first studied in Germany, and in Germany they eat a lot of sausage. Right. Okay, well, I look forward to losing here. No, no, you have two more chances. <laughs> you have two more chances, and we're fans, and we'll help. All right, so botulism, or rather botulinum toxin, Botox, is approved, as we know, for clinical uses, but it is unique among medicine. Why? A, you need at least $1 million of life insurance to be allowed to open a bottle of it. B, instead of milliliters, it is measured in mouse units, or the amount of Botox needed to kill one mouse. Whoa. Or C, it can be used as legal tender in Palm Beach. <laughs> yeah. don't, do doctors have that kind of insurance? I mean... <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? Kill a mouse. 
To kill, it's in fact killing mouses. Yes, mice. MUs, mouse units, that's how they measure it. It's such a toxic substance that that's how it is measured. So that's great. You have one more question. If you get this right, you win. Botox injections, in, in, in addition to their cosmetic effects, right? It paralyzes your skin. It's been shown to have a positive side effect in addition to that. What is it? A, it makes your skin as hard as Pyrex, preventing facial <laughs> injuries for people who topple over. <laughs> B, it can alleviate depression literally by turning your frown upside down. <laughs> or C, because it makes you look younger, it improves your taste in music. <laughs> uh, turn your frown upside down. That's it. That's exactly right. Wow. Botox does have a proven antidepressant effect, and one of the theories as to why is it literally makes it harder to frown. But what if you get Botox frowning? Like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. Like it freezes I your be, frown. Yeah, like I want to be Well, mad. then I think you're beyond anybody's help. You're so right. It's all right. You're right. You Bill. look shocked. You, don't, you, know, they, you always look shocked. <gasps> I'm yeah. sad? I'm sad? Like yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't be sad. <laughs> Bill, how did Natasha Leon do in our quiz? Two out of three, that is a win. She did oh, it. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. She did it. Come back strong. Living mice are dancing. It's actually all the ones who weren't murdered by Botox are very, very happy. Uh, Natasha Leone is uh, the creator and star of the Emmy-nominated Russian Doll. Her new show, Poker Face, which is truly astounding and great, is streaming on Peacock now. Natasha Leone, thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations on an amazing television show. It's fabulous. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. In just a minute, Bill has a beauty hack that will make your mouth water. Call one triple eight wait wait to join us in the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Brian Babylon, Maz Jobrani, and Nagin Farsad. And here again is your host. At the Studebaker Theater in Chicago, Illinois, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute. Thank you, everybody. In just a minute, limericks are a rhyme a dozen in our listener limerick challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait or one 888 Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Nagin, there's a fight brewing amongst year-round swimmers in the Bay Area about whether or not you're a loser if you wear what? Mm. <laughs> a wetsuit? Yes, a wetsuit, yeah. Wetsuits are practical, life-saving devices that help swimmers ward off hypothermia, but they also make you look like a huge baby. The, the debate is whether or not you So here's you the thing. Up. So the Bay Area, uh, the water where, the, where there's lines drawn on everything. everything. Yeah, in San Francisco, the rule is you have to take everything too far. Yeah. And so you have this community of people who like to swim in the bay, in the open water. And there are people who say, well, it's very cold, it being the Pacific and all, and thus I shall wear a wetsuit. And then there's a whole other people who say, no, you don't understand, that's cheating. Yeah, cheating death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you should do it. And it, it's actually gotten so bitter because, indeed, it's the bay that people are stealing other people's wetsuits and throwing them in the trash. Local triathlete groups call the wetsuits wuss suits, but that may be just how they have to pronounce it after Frostbrite froze their lips off. 
By the way, you're cheating at what? You, you, how do you yeah, cheat when the there's not a race? Purists, purists say that the suits make it impossible to enjoy the cold, while wetsuit wearers say that's the whole point, you psychopaths. <laughs> Maz, no more invasive scans or scary MRIs. Doctors have found a new way to detect cancer. What? Hmm. Using your amount of, um, the, the amount you worry, like, the, like your, your mother worrying. Like, you should get checked for cancer. And then you go and you go, my mom said she's really worried. And they go, well, you probably have it. <laughs> I, I mean, if that were true, if your mother worrying gave you cancer, every Jew in America would be <laughs> yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me a hint. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, I'll give you a hint. Uh, it turns out you have melanoma and they ruined your picnic. Oh, um, and they ruined your picnic. So I have bad news for you, sir. This is how they're going to detect cancer, you're yes, saying? Yes, there's a hint in there in what I just said. Oh, well, it's the skin. It's something on your skin. Don't, don't focus on that part of the hint. Oh, your picnic. Yes, what ruins picnics? Picnic, bad news ruins picnics. <laughs> rain, rain, during rain. The bad news. Yes. Uh, bears. I'm, I'm amazed. Bears. Ants. Ants. Ants, yes. yes. I heard bears. Ants. No, I feel ants. Ants. <laughs> yes, ants. Again. It turns out ants have an extremely powerful sense of smell, and scientists are training them to sniff out cancer. Cancer itself, not bad enough. Now you have ants. The, the way it works is that scientists have trained ants to detect urine from cancerous mice. Oh, gosh. What is, Wait a what, second. Who was this ant trainer? Listen, guys, oh, yeah. you got to get in there. <laughs> But what is the life cycle of these ants? Like, That's don't true. they die every five minutes? So they're just constantly training new ants to go and smell I mean, urine? Like, you, you're born as an ant, like, what? Smell piss, what? <laughs> it will be so weird when the nurse says the 80,000 doctors will see you now. Are we not gonna be able to like step on ants anymore? Not to be like, I'm an out there an ant murderer, but like a little bit like, I am. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Brian, a new study in the New York Times shows that food expiration dates are what? Bogus. That's right. They're meaningless. Means nothing. Ignore them. Fire up that grill, reach to the back of your putrid fridge because your old eggs and mustard are just fine. A new study shows that the expiration date on your food has nothing to do with its safety and shouldn't be used as a barometer of when to throw things out. But remember, if the beans themselves tell you, I'm okay to eat, they're no longer okay to eat. <laughs> so are they saying like on just canned goods or like... Well, anything that comes packaged that has an yeah. expiration date on it. Instead of, you know, caring about the date, just, you know, use like the good old sniff test. Smell it. If it smells good, it's probably good to or eat. Or if it's furry. Sm right. Yeah, yeah. slime yeah. is a good test yeah. as well. Yeah. The, the rule of thumb for, for greens, lettuce and stuff, is they're always expired by the time you get them home. Yeah. <laughs> who would they get to test this theory? Like, who were they like, hey, trust me, it is two weeks old, try it. Let's see if it's going to be okay. Was I, it I'm... little ants that they trained? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first is the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website waitwait.npr.org, and come see us live most weeks right here at the beautiful Studebaker Theater in Chicago. 
And check out our brand new student ticket price. Come and get them, scholars. Tickets and information at nprpresents.org. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi there. I'm Jason Parrish from Fort Myers, Florida. Hey, how are things in Fort Myers? Uh, they're getting a lot better. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, you had but, that yeah. pretty bad hurricane. I hope you came through it okay. <laughs> hurricane and a biblical flood. Yeah, I know. And, and, how, and what do you do there besides, well, surviving? <laughs> um, I am uh, a director, an actor, and I'm the associate artistic director at Florida Repertory Theater. Oh, Hello. wonderful. That's really great. I've, I've, I've done theater in Florida. It's, it's, you have a wonderful community down there. Yeah, we do. We really do. Well, welcome to the show, Jason. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly on two of the limericks, just two of them, you'll be a winner. Ready to play? I'm ready. Here's your first limerick. These remains were once human and chummy. They're not cursed. Be respectful, you dubby. We museums are able to change up the labels. Don't call this exhibit a... Mummy? A yeah, mummy. Museums in Britain are moving away from using the word mummy. They call them mummified remains instead. They have their reasons, but come on, nobody wants to go see Brendan Fraser in the mummified remains returns. Wait, the woke culture got to the mummies now? Well, it's not. I mean, it is yeah, or it why? isn't woke culture. First of all, they're not woke. Secondly, thank you. <laughs> that was the set up. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, they say it's that a surprising number of Museum visitors don't realize that the mummies were once living people. So they're using mummified remains to help sensitize you to the fact that you're staring at a real dead human body, which is somehow better. What did they think that it, people thought they were? Well, I think... I mean, they're, they're shaped like a person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me, let me tell you what they roughly look like. They roughly look like a dead person right. wrapped in a thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's been on Ozempic for a while. A while. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like hardcore Ozempic yeah. face. Here is your next limerick. I'm securing my Apple ID with this fob that I carry with me. With my tool, I'm equipped, son, for data encryption. It's locked with a physical key. Yes, key. Our technology has progressed from old-fashioned keys to passwords to fingerprints to face scans to keys. <laughs> this week, Apple announced support for security keys. It is a physical key you put into your computer to unlock it. It's a huge improvement from passwords because you can't write a key in a Post-it note that you leave on your desk. On the other hand, you can't leave a password on the bus. Apple loves this technology. Not only do they say it better protects their clients' data, but they get to sell everybody brand new keys every time they change all the holes on your laptop again. Is it called the iKey? The iKey, probably. You know how they are. IKEA's yeah. coming after them. I know, man. <laughs> Here is your last limerick. It's a beauty hack at a low costa. Luscious locks appear artfully tossed. I'm diffusing the air for voluminous hair with a strainer that's meant for my pasta. Pasta, yeah, the hottest new beauty trend <laughs> right. is blow-drying your hair through a pasta strainer. Apparently, the diffused hot air and shape of the strainer makes perfect curls every time. It also gives your hair a rich tomato flavor with a hint of garlic. <laughs> uh, the results are amazing. Apparently, an improvement on past kitchen-based experiments people have tried, like blender hair. I <laughs> will always regret that. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can tell if your hair's ready, you gotta take a string and you throw it against the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill, how did Jason do in our quiz? He was fast and perfect. Congratulations, Jason. Thank you so much. Well done. Stay warm, stay dry. Stay above we'll the water. Do. Take care. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? In a rare moment, everybody has three. Brian, Maz, and Nagin. All right. Whoa. All right, so we can see who wins. It's all up to these fill-in-the-blanks. So, Brian, I'm going to decide arbitrarily that you're going to go first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank. This week, Pope Francis told followers that laws criminalizing blank were unjust. Homosexuality. Right. On Monday, a federal jury found four members of the far-right group blank guilty of seditious conspiracy. Uh, Oath Keepers. Right. On Tuesday, a former top FBI official was arrested for his ties to an oligarch in blank. Russia. Right. This week, the Winter Blast Festival in Royal Oak, Michigan was postponed due to blank. A winter blast. Right. Cold weather. On Tuesday, Michaela Schifrin won her 83rd Skiing World Cup, breaking the record previously held by blank. Uh, Herself. No. Lindsey Vaughn. On Thursday, NASA announced plans to test a new nuclear engine that could take humans to blank in 45 days. Mars. Right. This week, a basketball game between Loyola, Chicago, and Duquesne University was temporarily halted when Blank walked onto the court. Jesus. No. <laughs> an, uh, no. An, an Uber Eats delivery guy oh, with someone's damn, McDonald's I order. Oh, I saw that too. The game was happening inches away from him. Yeah. This oblivious but dedicated delivery guy walked onto the court looking up into the stands for his customer. They actually kept playing until the refs realized what was going on. They called timeout and threw the guy off the court. And just to show you where the modern game has gotten to, this guy walked across the court carrying a paper bag, and they still didn't call him for traveling. Ah. <laughs> Bill, how did Brian do in our quiz? Brian had five right, ten more points, total of 13 to Let's set go. the standard. Let's go. All right, we'll move down the table. Nagin, okay. you're up next. Please fill in the blank. Following attacks in Oregon and Washington, the FBI warned other states to be on alert for domestic terror plots to damage the nation's blank. Agriculture. Power grid. This week, the Biden administration restored protections for the Tongass National Forest in blank. Montana. Alaska. <laughs> on Monday, Arizona Representative Ruben Gallego announced plans to run for blank's Senate seat. Uh, uh, Arizona. Yes. Are you kidding me? The yes. Senator currently in the seat is. Kirsten Sinema. Say it loudly. Kirsten Sinema. Yes. <laughs> this week, a fire department in Louisiana was called to a home to defuse an egg-shaped explosive device that turned out to be blank. Oh, oh just like an like an egg heater. No, an egg. <laughs> On Wednesday, electric car company Blank reported record quarterly profits. Tesla? Right. This week, a British man who ordered a couch online was furious when the delivery drivers blanked. Um, spilled on his couch. No, the delivery drivers got the couch wedged in a stairwell and then left. <laughs> the homeowner shared a picture of the stuck couch online, saying the movers tried half-heartedly to get it up the stairs before just giving up and leaving it there. It's pretty bad, but if you sit in one corner of the couch, you can still crane your neck and see the TV, so you know he'll deal. <laughs> Bill, how did Nagin do on our quiz? Two right, four more points. <laughs> 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 yes! 
How many then does Maz Rabani need to win? Five to tie, six to win, Maz. Here we go. Fill in the blank. This is for the game. On Sunday, President Biden announced plans to name Jeff Zeintz as his new blank. Uh, that would be his chief of staff. Yes. On Tuesday, the Justice Department filed a lawsuit against search giant blank over its dominance of online advertising. That's uh, Google. Right. This week, Meta announced they were restoring blank's access to Facebook and Instagram. Donald J. Trump. Right. After she left Instagram without warning, fans of blank called in a wellness check to local police. Oh, uh, Taylor Swift. Britney Spears. This week, a man in Florida got so frustrated with his homeowners association that he blanked. That he peed at the meeting? That he set his condo on fire. Oh. On Monday, the FDA proposed an annual blank vaccine for adults and children. Uh, annual uh, COVID. Right. With 11 total nominations, everything, everywhere, all at once led the nominations for the 2023 blanks. Oscars. Right. This week, thousands of people in Portland entered a contest for an exclusive tour of the city's blank. Uh, the Portland exclusive tour of the city's sewer system. So, yes, exactly right. What? The treatment plan. Okay. The game was rigged. I just... No, no, I gotta tell you, I just pulled that out of my butt. I'm not kidding. No, but all of your other questions okay, were like yeah, yeah. wildly simple. COVID, Trump were two of the answers. Get out of here. <laughs> the city of Portland sent out thousands of flyers offering residents the chance to tour the city's sewage treatment plants, leading many to think, boy, Willy Wonka really has fallen on hard times. Thousands of people took the city up in the offer, and they all left with a souvenir of their own clothes, which will never smell normal again. <laughs> Bill, did Maz do well enough to win? Yes. He got six right, 12 more points. 15 gives him the championship. Yay! I want I to I I ex accept this win on behalf of myself and Brian. I got to give it to Brian. Okay, okay. Nagin, <laughs> really, you were, uh, you were horrible. I, <laughs> Two? <laughs> I was out here doing calculus theorems, okay, with these questions. In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists to predict who will confess to having classified documents next and what will those documents be. But first, let me tell you, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our tour manager is Shane Donald. Thanks to the staff and crew at the Studebaker Theater. B.J. Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Norboss, and Lillian King. Special thanks this week to Blythe Robertson. This week, we celebrate the 100th birthday of Peter Gwynn. Our intern is Vaishnavi Naidu. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our CFO is Colin Miller, our production manager is Robert Newhouse, our senior producer is Ian Chillock, and the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michelangelo's Danforth. Now, panel, who will be the next person with classified documents? Brian Babylon. Taylor Swift has documents that prove Ticketmaster is a self-aware AI that spends all its money from ticket fees on fancy Fabergé eggs. <laughs> Nagin Farsad. SpongeBob of SpongeBob SquarePants has been harboring top secret designs of a circular pant. Ooh. <laughs> and Mazrobrani. Bill Curtis will confess to having stolen the answers to this week's show and sold them to All Things Considered. <laughs> I confess. And if any of that happens, we will ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Maz Grobrani and again for Saad and Brian Babylon. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to our fabulous audience at the Studebaker Theater. I'm Peter Sagal. We'll see you next week.
This is NPR.